0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Story Archives podcast on the Soapbox Network. I'm one half of your host, Mario, alongside the other half of your host, Zachary. Hello, everyone. What's going on, people? What's going on? Uh, Shout out to the UK. Shout out to Nigeria. Uh, (laughs) We just looked at our analytics, and it seems that our two leading countries are the UK. Very fitting for the Peaky Blinders, would you say? It is. It is
1: i'm happy about that actually very happy are you
0: yeah i'm happy about nigeria to be honest because just that's wild to me that's personally just wild i mean i guess they're both about the same distance from where we are in florida S- um, speaking of the wings, u.s doesn't that, like us that much supposedly, apparently
1: uh, they they not yet you know it, it's, just, it's just it's too cool for them i have <laughs> the uh paul mccartney and the wings band on the run album up behind me on the wall okay it was it was recorded in nigeria
0: oh i did not know that yeah so fun fact you know what else was recorded in nigeria nope episode three of season five of the peaky blinders let's uh, <laughs> let's keep it going here <laughs> no it was no, not it was recorded not. there but it's coming to you yeah yeah, it's coming to you there all right let's um let's talk about it we this episode was titled strategy, strategy. now we've been hearing a lot in, in episode one and episode two that tommy does have a strategy to legitimize the business again, right? Michael lost all the money in America. Mm-hmm. And um, Oswald is meddling and trying to get Tommy to join up with him, right? Yeah. So Tommy has more than one strategy here. He's trying to keep the business afloat, keep his family together, pretty much save himself from another antagonist that's developing here with Oswald. And uh, also kind of like getting back the legitimate money that they can mm-hmm. actually have a successful company with mm-hmm. um initial thoughts on this episode where do you it feels like a setup episode for me like a lot of it setup definitely stuff
1: definitely feels like a setup episode but there's a lot of interesting moments in this one that uh, y- y- there's parts of people that i don't think we we normally get to see in this
0: one hmm. so specifically to specific to who uh specific to
1: arthur i would say
0: yeah I, I gotta say there's probably there is a heavy arthur focus on this episode really is right yeah. heavy yeah. arthur focus you also get a little bit more gina than we're used to seeing in this episode well she is she is new
1: but yeah i mean compared to the last two this one had a bit more of a focus on her um i, I would say this one probably competes with the first episode yeah in we, terms of like the the amount of Gina that we see,
0: and we also get a little bit more out of Mosley and his intentions of recruiting Tommy right
1: yeah uh, we start to find
0: to to see that as well mm-hmm. i was I was very happy with Lizzie in this episode it anything specific we'll get to it, but I think she's someone mm-hmm. who's battling she has an internal battle with mm-hmm. the lifestyle that she lives um with tommy although she is coming from a lifestyle of being a whore but mm-hmm. um is that like a crass way of saying that it's a whore is a whore right i mean you can't say honestly I, I'm, Lady I don't know. The I'm sure there's some like politically correct way of saying it but i mean the meaning's the same i don't mean it any worse it is, than if i were to say yeah. prostitute it's yeah. just uh but whore does sound like a curse word more than but if you're watching the Peaky Blinders you don't like, care if I say a curse you know,
1: word you, you don't care and uh, honestly you know a lot of words unless Fucking you're hell. directing it directing it towards somebody in a negative way yeah like I, I it, like what it I called what you is. before the show
2: exactly yeah like that like yeah.
1: if you not know, directed it to me and yeah I yeah. You true, busy, true, true, yeah true 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 yeah. <laughs> true <bad. Not> <laughs> true all right
0: let's get into it Zach do you want to tell people about your uh, clean ice before we start and how it enhances the quality of whiskey you know, why the hell not? And, you know, <laughs> we're, we'll have to do
1: it on some other shows, too. Just bring it up every now and then. I wanted so, a
0: drink so bad tonight, but I had coffee. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. now I don't want... You know, you ever had a coffee before you drink? It's not the same as it's having not, a coffee after you drink.
1: It's not good. It's much, too much just intense flavor. It's like you're having well, a stimulant plus another. Dang. Yeah. I really want one later, you know, so I might make something, but we'll see. Anyways, right. the, the quick ice story is basically uh a few days ago i started getting into making clear ice um and it actually changes the flavor of the drink for the better like it just it tastes so much cleaner it's it's so much better and it's totally worth trying um but basically the way that you create the clear ice is you get like a deep container um i i like i'm I'm using a glass container you put food in fill it up with water stick it in the freezer for about 12 hours you want to bring it out before it's fully frozen um let it get room temperature well not room temperature cuz that would just be water let it start sweating a little bit then you're going to take it out and tip it upside down and take the big chunk of ice out if you don't let it start sweating and you start touching it or you pour water on it it's very easy to for the ice to just crack um although
0: that wouldn't be a cool signature if you did have a clean cracked ice like and that was like your signature it you know would I mean? be cool like it just that was your thing like, like at the actual bar like you just give um, a little tap that's like the finishing touch a little and then now you have like shattered ice. You call it the the broken old fashioned or the, the shattered bro- old fashioned. The broken old fashioned. I like it. I like Any, it.
1: Anyways, you tip it over. You you basically break the the dirty water or the dirty. It's not dirty. It's just less pure ice um, that is now on the top. It was in the bottom because it's been inverted, and you you dump the uh, the water that's not frozen out, and voila, you should have pretty crystal clear ice
0: and you can enjoy your irish irish whiskey the way tommy shelby certainly does not but yeah but you would do it more fancy you do it like a the legitimate business side of the shelby corp yeah zach specializes in this very uh niche like like raising the quality of something like he's the guy who would come up with the clean ice although i always wondered when you see the ice in the uh-huh. drink that it's always a little cloudy which is all the air mm-hmm. pockets i was always like hmm Anyways, uh, I think we've got enough on a tangent. Problem, we probably yeah. lost like seventy <laughs> listeners. You know. I don't, I don't know. May, maybe you maybe, gotta have maybe, a whiskey corner, like a, like a little micro show, just about we, just about you know, you that's know, actually
1: drinks. not a bad idea. You know? we should have a show. We Cocktail talk about club, all the different recipes yeah. we try and the different whiskeys we drink. It sounds and, a little boring, even though. This, i mean
0: i think that I mean, has it has to keep it short no it's just
1: like five you, minutes no like, yo, I, I think that i tried to that would be good micro time.
0: content on youtube though yeah. if we actually filmed uh, it be, like i would i could film it and we could do like a whole little thing on the you know we do like a little whiskey club you know we'd do that little I,
1: I have a nice little little bar thing behind me so yeah i'm
0: down for that just right. bring the camera all right cool 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 all right let's get started here season not oh god i keep on saying season three Epi- uh season five episode three strategy peaky blinders Mm-hmm. let's get into the recap let me start the episode let's here and go. um we're doing something a little different today we're actually playing around with recording in our google meet that we generally yeah. do and uh they're gonna be kind of annoyed to see the episode playing back at 1.25 speed and i do mess around with the speed so just keep this in mind ladies and gents that uh those,
1: those who may be watching it if we do upload this post this yeah
0: yeah the video right. sign. all right let me um i lost my notes hold on it's okay
1: anyways while you're finding your notes we basically open up to a whole bunch of nuns playing uh praying sorry then while they're praying praying yeah i don't i don't know why i can't say that word uh we have a car just burning rubber on the way to them so
0: yeah the it's a great opening the opener is the orphanage saint what do they call it, the orphanage it's saint I missed that. Did you catch the name?
1: I didn't catch it. Go back and let's... All right. Yeah, right here. Let's see what it is. St. Hilda's. St. Hilda's Orphanage. Birmingham. I wonder if that's like an actual thing. Feels like it's very
0: much in the countryside to be in Birmingham, right? This doesn't feel like the Birmingham we're used to
1: seeing. St. Hilda's Orphanage in Birmingham.
0: Yeah. Well, Tommy and Pauly uh, are paying an orny, early morning visit to these nuns at St. Hilda's. And uh, I got to say, this scene gave me a lot of vibes of the uh, first episode where Tommy has that meeting with the politician who he's blackmailing, who tries mm-hmm. to screw him out of the money. Yep. It has. There's a couple of these scenes in this season where it just feels like um, they're using Tommy, they're humanizing Tommy in a way in this scene as like an arbiter of justice, right? He's mm-hmm. dishing out the justice. He's the one who's giving it out. These nuns have been mistreating children if they're if they're black, or what was the other thing that they were mistreating children for? They were
1: children beating for? children with
0: bricks. Yeah, they were beating children with bricks, and not allowing uh, the black children to use the same bars of soap. I think that was one of the other things I mentioned think in there.
1: That's one of the things they mentioned.
0: And one of them, I think, as a result, one of the kids killed themselves or hung themselves, and uh, because of the nuns' treatment. And so this is very much like a, you know just like a giant fu to injustice no matter where it is. And it's in the, in the halls of areas that should be the most just in our, mm-hmm. in our public servants offices in in episode one. And then here in the church or the orphanage, you know, you'd think in an orphanage, but, um, yeah. they use the Shelby's here. I think it does humanize the Shelby's in a way, right. Where you have, uh, this, of course, very human there's moment.
1: certain evils that they rise above, like like they they, they would not
0: supposedly ever stoop to. Supposedly, right? I mean, like in a sense, yes, but they are killing people and making well, widows, and they're making orphans, correct. and they, they're making
1: know. orphans, but they're not beating orphans with bricks. Or I'm assuming what happened in the first episode of the season, which, you know, or last season, I can't remember. Uh, where they were sexually assaulting
0: the children I, or
1: I Yeah, I the think theory. there
0: was something going on yeah. there with that was with the politician that we I was top mentioning before. I will say though in both of these scenes the writing kind of goes into places that I just don't think people would say these sorts of things to each other. Like where the nun goes, "Mr. Shelby, your own sins are legend." You know, like who says that? Yeah. I or uh, or the politician like in episode 1 where he goes
3: who let a man like you
0: into a place of privilege and power? Mm. It's like, who says that kind of sh- Like, you literally just, like, had sexual relationships with children, and you're saying this nastiness? Yeah, exactly. To, to Shelby? I mean, so, it, but it does, I think what this season does is that you do have Tommy, who's in a sense, as Lizzie says later in this episode, deciding. He's deciding, is he going to be good or is he going to be mm-hmm. evil? Right and here and we're in these types of scenes yes they do take they do commit evil acts in a sense but they don't stoop to certain lows they do have a moral code and they do um they do treat children well and they do treat mm-hmm. like the disenfranchised well and you do see the shelbys have they got a diverse crew i mean it's not oh, like yeah. you got isaiah in there he's black and you have jeremiah so it's like oh younger too like tommy's mm-hmm. very much embracing that you actually see a scene in this episode where and i know I'm completely glossing over Polly uh, with a needle to the nun's neck here. Yeah,
1: I don't know what it is with her and all these needles she carries. She's like, pulling needles, but she's they?
0: been pulling needles out of her hair since season one. I know. Because like, we're very close to
1: her. That's like a foot-long needle. Yeah, where, where, you, where
0: did she pull that one out of? <laughs> Probably her hair, I would hope. I don't know where else you'd pull that out of. I'll, I'll pause there to continue the commentary <laughs> on the scene, but she continues in, in essentially saying like, when I come for you, I'll come and heal, so you can hear me coming and have time to repent. That's such mm-hmm. a good line, but it's it, it feels is. very servicey to the fans, where it's like yeah, of course.
3: the Shelby's, well, I mean, the
0: Shelby's are the power here. A lot of it
1: is like a lot of the way that these lines are written. I mean, going back to Tommy, I mean, he bl- blows the cocaine into the nun's face, which was already hilarious. But he grabs her glasses, smashes them on the table, and basically forces her to put them on so she can she can see ah uh, the world is broken as the children do right mhm it's great
0: yeah and then they they withdraw their funding so yeah because this is um this is grace's foundation that is funding the orphanage right ah right i forgot about that mm-hmm. this is all in honor of grace so it's a mockery to her that's mm-hmm. the one thing tommy doesn't play around with for the most no. part is, is her legacy so, and you know, when she died, spoiler, but please, if you're watching season five, I would assume that you've watched season, <laughs> she, she dies in season three, three right?
1: Yeah. She's yeah, in three season three.
0: Yeah. Cause they get married at the end of season two. Two. Yep. Um, You know, I would assume you've all watched it by now. When she died, I was like, damn, what are they going to do now with him? Like, this is like, what happens to Tommy here? But mm-hmm. it kind of works. It's kind of worked for Tommy's arc, if you think about it. Like, where's Grace? How does she fit into the series if she's alive? You know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you figured Tommy's kind of I already taken a step more back. More like
1: a Bonnie and Clyde thing at that point.
0: I think the show kind of ends after season three. It's like Tommy's he's, yeah, he's mean, found his he's happiness. He's found ever his after. exactly. So it's kind of in hindsight. You ever seen Dexter?
1: yeah i, I don't know, want to so.
0: spoil something for massive in dexter but something similar I, happens in dexter and the show dexter. doesn't quite recover after the, mm-hmm. yeah um all right let's it's move on true. the strategies continue here okay well the opening had nothing to do with strategy other than defunding the orphanage which i wonder how that does come back and, and play a factor later maybe who knows um, but tommy does defund the orphanage
1: yeah i don't know if it comes back and plays a role later i can't remember no but it's just a nice power move.
0: everything in this show though tends to never be forgotten and brought up again there's always some reason why something happens if we see it there's almost a reason yeah And, and and um since i've watched the show like 17 times at this point it's uh we're getting to a point where i i didn't notice that the first time but i'm definitely noticing it now all right next scene charlie's scrapyard the whole crew meets there it seems almost like a little bit of a organizational meeting here everybody's getting their orders for the day i really what? miss john boy in this scene don't you
1: i miss john boy he was one of my favorites
0: joe I still can't believe
1: he's in gangs of london well I have to it's joe watch jo- that
0: i blame joe cole and I, you know i and i say this out of love joe cole who's the actor who plays john boy i mean he left because i think he was just getting better roles outside john mm-hmm. boy was not really focused on too much I don't think they would have killed off John Boy if Joe Cole didn't want to leave the show. That's complete conjecture. Yeah, I don't. I really don't think they would. I don't know why they would. I'm sure he regrets it. To be honest with you, I'm sure he regrets it. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that little bit of FOMO, at least, right? Well, it's just more like you get to be a part of this iconic show, and now that show had to take a detour simply because you wanted off the boat. Like, and I could understand if this show was like walking dead where it's like Mm. season 12 now and you're like i (laughs) I need guys like i'm only 20 something or i'm only in my 30s for so young it's only because like an actor's career is almost like an athlete's career you Mm -hmm. know the certain roles you can get like there's a short prime for you as an actor for most actors there's very few Mm -hmm. like a like a killian murphy who's freaking been around since i was in middle school you know taking a going out on a little middle school date to go watch red eye, which I think he probably wants to forget about that movie. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed it as a kid, but what was, what's the movie that he's in where he's like killer? wearing a dress or something? Oh, where he, Do he play know? he plays, um, he, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but I, I think he plays a, a trans, a transgender person. Maybe I, I only saw are you thinking like of Eddie that? Redmayne in the Danish girl? I don't know. Killian Murphy does as well. I just haven't seen it. That's like way back in his discography. Yeah, like, he, he was really discarding.
1: young in, in the snippet that yeah. I saw. I, I think just, that's I way back.
0: Movie. You know, he's also in um, Twenty Eight Days Later.
1: Twenty Eight Days. He's no, th- I didn't know that. Yeah, I know he's in he's in Inception and The Dark Knight. He's worked with
0: incredible directors. He's worked with you know Danny Boyle. He's worked with Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan. Um, I think Chris, I mean, him and Christopher Nolan have such a massive partnership. And now actually this month he starts filming on Oppenheimer, which is Nolan's next film.
1: That'll be exciting. Did you know they
0: started filming this month?
1: I did not know they started filming this month. No.
0: (laughs) That cast is crazy for the audience who likes Christopher Nolan, who directed the Batman series, directed uh the prestige directed in uh inception interstellar all of all uh, of the great movies yeah. that have killian murphy and, and, uh, and a whole bunch of other people
1: dunkirk did isn't that movie supposed to be like the largest funded movie
0: oh oppenheimer has the largest budget i think of all of his movies i'm not sure if if all of all time i'm not sure okay all right not I'll sure. have to look into it. i mean you're talking amazon's Lord of the Rings series is spending a billion dollars on a budget. I just
1: saw the trailer for that. Like I think, that. what, at the Super Bowl looks, or something? It
0: looks amazing. It looks amazing. Yeah. All right, back to the show. Uh yeah, wipe um, the shit off
1: your shoes, man. Huh? I said wipe the shit off your shoes.
0: Oh, you're talking to uh, to Michael. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's kind of harsh. It's a little rough. <laughs> All right, well, Tommy's giving the orders to the family at the scrapyard. He wants to send Paulie over to Ibarama, who's kind of like on a just – He's trying to calm Aberama before going after the Billy boys, right? Uh you also see mm-hmm. they're continually just giving shit to Michael here. Uh <laughs> everyone Constantly. else everyone else is giving orders, but I got some commentary here from Michael cuz Michael pisses. He, he bothers me in this episode. I I cannot stand him in this season. And it's a shame because Michael has gone from like one of my favorite characters and mm-hmm. and he's just he's taken this leap Maybe Tommy could have kind of salvaged this a bit more, but I don't think I Tommy's don't in the right space, like frame of mind.
1: I don't think he wants to salvage it. You know, I, I I liked Michael a lot at the end of the last season, and I was really disappointed when I saw him this season. I'm like,
0: ugh. I would say there's a you're bit of be this prick. Yeah, I would say there's a little bit of Don Draper Ginsburg rivalry stuff going on here between Tommy and Michael. Because yeah. I, I do think Tommy legitimately thinks that Michael could be a threat if he wanted to be. If Tommy lets lets it grow unabated, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think ever since Michael betrayed Tommy by not telling him that he was going to be killed, I think Michael's yeah. been kind of dead to him in a way. Yeah, um, because I don't know. It's it's easier said than done, right? They were gonna. It was either Tommy or his mom. But if you tell Tommy, you figure he could protect your mom, right?
1: Yeah, the only thing I, I'm not sure if like it, if that was like a "you're dead to me" sort of moment. But the only re- reason I don't think that was, um, was because Paulie put the black star on his diary or whatever it was in his his calendar. And I feel like that it's so he knew. So like there was no reason for Michael to say anything because Michael was just the kid, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if you know, that was the case. I I feel like it was more so you're dead to me. now that you lost all of our legitimate money because you didn't listen.
0: Yeah. I I still don't understand. Is he that lacking? Is his character. Does his character like that much awareness? He loses all the company's legitimate money. The only reason you're pretty much brought on board is for legit, legitimate business, right? Mm -hmm. Ask John boy. Legitimate business. Yeah. You Uh know that line. Yeah. Um, and he loses it and he comes back wanting to be treated like the favorite child, you know. He used mm-hmm. to be. He was kind of like the up-and-coming star within the Shelby family, right? Yeah. The course. one who could help let Tommy kind of like leave the business, which yeah. makes you wonder how does Tommy ever leave this business if he doesn't have somebody like a Michael there, right? He needs somebody mm-hmm. else. Uh maybe Karl Marx Jr. Carl <laughs> <laughs> Marx Jr., is, he's he's smart. He's definitely a smart kid. He's just a little oh, he's, smart. he's a little, he's a prick. little uh, uh, he a prick. But he's definitely He's got Ada and Freddie's wits, you know, mm-hmm. but we'll see. He's kind of a little bit young, but if he ages like Finn, he should be ready to go I mean, by he'll next be year. By the next season, yeah, right? exactly. No, <laughs> if if next season Karl <laughs> Marx Junior. is twenty years old, he's gonna hate his name going into the next uh, season. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, um, that'll probably that's be a theme sure. that's brought up in the <laughs> in the next season, which actually premieres in uh less than a week and a half. So. I think
1: so. on iPlayer or whatever. Yeah, it is, on iPlayer and, on the BBC,
0: which we will be on, and we'll discuss this at the end of the episode. We'll we're gonna find a way to just watch it live with everybody else in the in the UK who has the iPlayer streaming okay. app. Um, okay. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do it. Usually we watch on Netflix, but I don't know if Netflix is launching the same day. I don't. I don't know. They might be, but who knows? I wouldn't let them if I was iPlayer. Um, all right, let's continue here. They continue to give a rough time to Michael. You know, they're not giving yeah, it's, him – he's it. still in his hazing period. And I wish he would be a little more patient here because you, 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 you're you kind of devastated to see it. But you feel like there is still a pathway for Michael because Pauly says, look, they're going to give it and give it. And then when it's done, you can give it back. You mm-hmm. can give it back, you know. And it's yep. true, but it seems like Michael's just a little bit too impatient for that.
1: He's He's been very impatient with a lot of things. And he's very stubborn and hard-headed. He doesn't like to listen. What? And he's been that way <laughs> – Since he entered the show.
0: I just get the the notion that if Michael went to the local corner store and bought a bottle of nice Irish whiskey and went to Tommy's house and said, look, can we just have a sit down and chat like old pals? And then had just like a heart to heart. Don't you feel like they would have resolved all this? Don't you feel like it's not not that deep? blinders way, man. (laughs) Yeah, but Tommy doesn't really care that much about the money. Think about it. Think about it. He cares about it. But... That's not the thing that's bothering him about Michael. What's bothering him about Michael is he thinks he could legitimately have betrayed him in that, mm-hmm. on that ship. That's what's really bothering him about Michael.
1: Of course. Of all course. right.
0: Well, despite all of that, and the reason I kind of have this notion that like things were not so far gone yet is because he does invite Michael to be a part of this meeting with Mosley in the next scene. Mm-hmm. And he is his nice guy, his legitimate business guy, yeah. where he sends Arthur to the corner to be his tough guy pretty much bad cop good cop situation here yeah where tommy was, does not like to see mostly without his family
1: no he doesn't he likes to have someone there mm-hmm. um and i can't blame him i mean you're talking to the devil in his own words right i thought this this little bit was funny right before oswald Mosley comes in when they were walking up because i think michael was like what's the strategy and tommy's like you can smile you yeah cannot smile
0: well tommy has this thing about not telling anybody his strategies before they go. Yep. Um which how do you feel about that camera perspective of showing this uh Mosley entering from a first person perspective?
1: I don't know how I feel. I it
0: definitely works. Yeah, it definitely did. Definitely. Cuz
1: you you're kind of getting like you're well I mean you're you're literally getting his perspective. You walk in, and you're seeing the person you're expecting to see.
0: You see this other You know what it reminded me of? whatever. And then and then you start to see the muscles just like, "Oh, crap." You know what it somewhat reminded me of was, um, you ever seen a monster movie? Of course. Like Jaws or, and occasionally you have the perspective of the shark. Mm -hmm. Or like you have the perspective of like, you know, Alien vs. Predator or something like that.
1: Yeah, you get the predator eyes.
0: You get, you know what I mean? Like you kind of get that with here because, and this is also kind of how you knew like the next season was going to be the last season. Mm Because there's only so many times I think for a show as well written as this. You can't call every bad guy the devil. Mm-mm. And Tommy in this one scene essentially elevates Oswald as his most mm, adequate adversary that he's ever had. Essentially worse oh, yeah. than any other man they've ever met. Worse than Kimber, worse than Sabini, worse than uh Tom Hardy's character. What's his what's his face? Alfie. Alfie. Worse than all those guys. Worse than the priest. Okay, the priest who, who bad. the priest who raped Michael, right? I think he sexually assaulted Michael. As a, you remember, you don't remember that? Oh, you don't remember? That's I, why he lets Michael he was a little kid. You mean that's why he lets Michael kill him? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was the, he was the oh. priest, or he he's the one who oversaw it, or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I think we gotta Google that because I cannot be misquoted on saying something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michael getting raped is a
0: little intense. Let's make sure that's right. I and by the way. That little detail completely escaped me on my first watch of the show. It was only on the like the second or third rewatch that I think he has a one-on-one with with Tommy and uh he tells him that. Let me know what you find there as I continue to talk about this scene. Uh, I'm reading I'm reading one thing from Reddit. You just uh, keep keep on reading that while I give like a little breakdown of what's going on here. Uh okay. o- Oswald in this meeting is is clearly annoyed that he can never get Tommy one-on-one, but at the same time he's done his homework and he was prepped for it. He knows Arthur's wife has been seen with another man, and so he kind of uses that to get under Arthur's skin. And uh, he successfully does because Tommy's speaking in Romany within like 30 seconds of Oswald being in there. And he also knows Michael's the one who lost all the legitimate money in America. So at that point, he kind of flips the scripts completely on Tommy and takes control of the negotiations and offers him pretty much... Well, he kind of like touts the fact that he killed the journalist being murdered investigation happening which is just subtext for showing that oswald has a lot of levers of power that he's using and um that this is not really a negotiating there's not a room for negotiation here oswald's gonna get what he wants in this scene or tommy's probably gonna die that's kind of like the insinuation so there is
1: On fandom.com, it says that Michael was abused by a priest during his short time in foster care. And there is something on Reddit that says that he was raped in prison, but I don't think that is accurate.
0: Michael. Well, I mean, it
1: depends on what your definition is. they, They don't get into a lot of detail.
0: Okay. Finn Cole tweeted to confirm that Michael had been raped yeah, that's in I prison.
1: Read. Who's Finn Cole?
0: Um, that's the actor who plays Michael.
1: Okay. Well
0: I, I believe. Yeah. It is.
1: And it could it could be true. I don't know. Yeah, it is Finn Cole. He Maybe it was Michael.
0: jail. I thought it was when he was an um an orphan. Well yeah. he was sexually abused
1: by a priest when he was an an orphan.
0: Okay, then I think it was the same priest, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't be surprised. I, when we do the rewatch, that'll be apparent when we get there. But I'm, yeah. I was right then about that. Okay. Um, which, by the way, it just kind of adds to the the evil, the level of evil that Oswald is being. That's why I'm saying, like, you just knew this is Tommy's final battle is against this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, probably the best actor who's ever played an He's adversary, a very intimidating to man. He's a great great actor, just a great actor. Um, Okay, let's go to the next scene where Linda's probably the most likable that she's ever been in the entire show. I agree. Right? And I just had another conversation with somebody today who's a Peaky Blinders fan, and she asked me, she said, what is uh, your favorite and least favorite character? I said, Tommy's obviously my favorite, and Linda and Michael are my least favorite. And uh, she said, Linda is the worst. And I said, is there anyone who likes Linda? Is there anyone? If they are, a major red flag. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Or if they do. But anyway, she meets with Lizzie here in Tommy's household and pretty much insinuates divorce. Uh, but she's a little bit naive about what it takes to divorce a Shelby man, as Lizzie uh, informs her. And this is this comes back to what I was saying, that I was proud of Lizzie in this episode. Because although she's having kind of like this moral dilemma with Tommy. Mm-hmm. She accepts that this is the life she's chosen. And she sounds yeah. eerily like Tommy in this scene where, she, where uh, Linda's talking about how she hates who she, how she is or who she is around Arthur. <laughs> yeah. And what that means is that she kind of wants that lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lizzie kind of downplays the good and evil part and says, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you take. And that's such <laughs> a Tommy line that it's it like is. she's decided on this life for herself um and honestly i gotta say she's in love with tommy oh 100 she's and in love with tommy she
1: she she, she looks like resolved or, or or something like that right like there's no more wondering in her her mind yeah back she's and forth. she's resolved like, you, she, we don't know what decision it was she's well now we kind of do but um we know she's made a decision and well she's going to live that decision
0: well, I think people who watch that scene might might gloss over it, but she probably says the most important thing in the entire episode, which Linda essentially says there's a mix of good and evil. And that is this episode, right? That is kind mm-hmm. of the theme of this episode, where they visit the the, nun, the orphanage, and there's good being done there, right? Yeah. And the Shelby, And the Shelby family does do evil. However, they don't do that kind of evil, where they mistreat children. So there's a fine yeah. line. There's a mix of good and evil. And she says that Linda says that it's her, Arthur, and Lizzie. They they have a bit of good and evil in all of them. Mm-hmm. And she points over to the portrait of Tommy. She says, "What about him?" And Lizzie says, "He's still deciding, or he's deciding." And that's kind of the theme of season five: mm-hmm. is what is Tommy going to do? He's got a he's got an opportunity here with Oswald to go purely for power, go purely for um, for that. But there's also an evil there that he could combat effectively, right? Mm-hmm. That's very true. We're glossing over a couple of scenes here as I went on that little tangent.
1: Yeah. We missed Polly, uh, visiting Abarama at, I guess it was the hospital. Yeah. And essentially breaking him out and, uh, Ada convincing Gina to let her take her to the hospital. Gina doesn't want to be taken. She's hard headed like somebody else we know. Uh,
0: Gina is, is she not like Polly? I was going
1: to say she's like Michael.
0: I don't think Michael's hard-headed. I think Mike Michael's whipped. That's what I think. I th- well Michael is whipped when
1: it comes to Gina 100%. But Michael has been extremely hard-headed. I mean, Polly wanted him to leave and not be involved with in everything. He always he like he's very opinionated and he's going to do what he's going to do.
2: You're right. Unless I'm it.
1: being harsh on Michael.
0: Um Ada's been an m v p in this season <laughs> Ada, yeah, she's really matured, and by the way, I had an observation to make about Lizzie in that fi- in that last scene, okay. I made a note later on that I'll say as Tommy and her have a special scene together later mm-hmm. i got I think Lizzie's a better fit for Tommy than Grace. I like her better than Grace. I did not like Grace, well, that's established he didn't like Grace. Mm-hmm. But the lifestyle didn't fit Grace. Grace was almost oh. like, I don't know, like it might have been a little bit of a honeymoon phase for two years with Grace and Tommy. Yeah. Uh, but maybe Grace would have been the one who could have gotten Tommy to stop all of the criminal stuff once and for all.
1: I don't think Grace would have been okay with all of the life, right? Like, And I don't want to say she got into it for like the wrong reasons or anything, right? But let's not forget... The reason she even got into all of this was because, uh, what her her father was killed by an IRA man. Yes, right. So it's a long way to just go from that straight into the the criminal lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Polly and Aberama real quick. They, Tommy sends Polly to the hospital with aburama or is that after this scene yeah it's after no yeah it was and she essentially fails in her duty because Aberama gets her to break him out Uh but he is clearly in love with her and she goes dressed to the to the 11th to the hospital looking good for him yeah yeah and he knows too it's kind of there's like a funny moment there a really cool shot of Aberama in the hospital bed like it's a really nicely composed shot right here like the just the contrasting colors is really nice looking. It is. It is
1: great. I like that that like blue green. Yeah. Or sea green in the background. Whatever you want to
0: you yeah, it. Yeah, it. it's very nice. And he, it's kind of like Tommy's a bastard. Like he sent the one person <laughs> I can't say no to. And look at his yeah. face here, when he says yes or no. Yes, it's like he can't <laughs> say no. It's a, he's such yeah. a good actor. Um, let's continue here. I I I would also note like have you realized. He
1: I feel like he's aged 20 years between last season and this season.
0: Cuz of the long hair being cut to the short hair? Yeah, and it's no longer blonde, it's like all gray and dark. That's true, he did have like longer hair. But you yeah. notice between each of these seasons there is a time gap. And I would assume at the end of this season there has to be about a five There should be about a 2 to 5 year uh
1: fast forward, right? if we follow the same pattern from every other season
0: however this the, the to show not starts any spoilers in 1919 here, but, right or 1917. Uh,
1: 1917 i think and not we're in
0: 1930 or 1929 here so five seasons have passed and it's a little
1: over 10 12 years. years it's about 10 yeah so it's it's almost what two years every between every season yeah. if we were if, like average it out if we follow that pattern yeah it would it would start, you know, like two years later, right? But the way this season ends, again, try not to give away any spoilers. The way this season ends—it's hard to imagine that. I feel like we could just pick right back up in the next season, right with where the we following left off.
0: Day, literally, right where we left off. Like, I feel I like agree. there would be
1: too much left unexplained if we didn't do that.
0: I agree, and also, we also have to keep in mind that. I mean, we actually can't get too far ahead here, but what Oswald's trying to do historically is unsuccessful. Mm hmm. All right. So. Um, well, a, lot,
1: a lot of what they're all trying to do right now is unsuccessful.
0: Exactly. But yeah. I know based on the results of what you are getting at. I know you're getting at. But yeah. um, all right. Let's continue. We get a an interesting scene with younger and little Karl Marx Jr., a little innocent yeah. Karl Marx Jr. here. Or not Jr. So he's not Jr. He's just Karl Marx.
1: Yeah. He's just. I don't, he's just His name is Carl. Is his middle name Marks? Or I did thought his not?
0: Na- middle name was Marks.
1: I can't remember. Oh. He's at the very least Carl whatever the guy's last name was.
0: Peaky Blinders. Let me see. All right. Well, he's playing chess with um, – okay, I added ben the Marks younger. in there.
1: Yeah, and he's named after Carl Marks. It's Carl Thorne. Carl Thorne. Marks. Carl Thorne. All all right. Thorne I yeah.
0: always <laughs> call him Carl Marks Thorne, but <laughs> all right. So – He's playing chess with Younger, and you're seeing that he's actually being, uh, he's impressionable. He misses mm-hmm. his father, obviously. he It's that common thing, you know, your mom is dating another man type of thing that you see, like, in, in other shows and stuff like that. Yeah, but he never
1: knew his father.
0: He didn't, but he knows that this guy is not his father. That's, and he's oh, coming in, and true. he's probably the most, he's probably the person who's come that is... Closest to becoming a father figure to him.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say he is the closest thing he has right? to a father figure. Yep.
0: So in this scene he's playing chess with him and you're also seeing kinda of like the the um the propaganda of the time coming about where the kids and the teachers are saying that uh pretty much black people are the worst and that Jewish people are the worst and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I it probably makes him self conscious with if all his friends are saying that. To mm-hmm. have younger, who could potentially be his father figure, and younger's like it's kind of this is like a kind of a heartbreaking scene to see younger's face in the scene, yeah. where he's trying to he's trying to kind of console the kid and tell him like, hey, that's baloney, and kids say stupid things all the time. But um, the, you know, he kind of ends it with a super harsh line about, well, my dad is dead and he's in he- he's white and he's in heaven, and you're not my father, or something like that, whatever. Yeah, the kid is definitely he needs a whooping to be honest with you. <laughs> he needs a
1: whooping. There's quite a lot of people in here that need that.
0: Uh, I like the fact that the scene ends, and I'll say this for a reason here. The scene ends where he knocks over the black chess piece, the black king chess piece. Mm -hmm. And I like that in two scenes later, I think, the first thing Tommy notices in the room is the black chess uh, chess piece, the king, Mm -hmm. falling down. And he picks it up and places it standing back up. So mm-hmm. it continues to add to that theme of Tommy like protecting the, like the people who are being persecuted against, whether it's like the orphaned or, or someone like younger who's black and just being persecuted for no reason by Carl, who he's just trying to treat well. So I never picked up on that detail. I hadn't either until I watched it for the seventeenth time. So uh, it's <laughs> the first thing I noticed. But in the following scene, uh, Polly breaks Abarama out of the hospital and returns him to his sister's gypsy camp. Um, you get the feeling here that Abramo just would have been better off if he had just stayed away from the Shelbys to begin with, but, of course. uh, but the only of reason his son wouldn't be dead. Yeah. But the only reason he did join the Shelbys was because of his son and his, his son's love of boxing. Uh, he they need, yes, he needed a well, backer. He needed a backer.
1: Yeah. But it was Tommy and them who brought him into the picture and he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this for you, I want something out of it. It was a negotiating piece. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: But so I don't I don't think he would have he didn't s- like seek them out. That, he did seek point. them out because he brought his boy Bonnie and Bonnie beat the crap out of the you just saw season four. That should have been in there.
1: No, I just I just saw that. I, I know all about that. But my point is
0: How did Abraham first come into the picture?
1: Answer because me that Tommy wanted to have this other gypsy group come into play for extra muscle and extra protection. And that other group was Abarama and his group. And so the Shelbys, Tommy essentially, the seeked him out yeah, and brought them in. And then that was, you know, yeah, that was like the bargaining piece and like the negotiation. But Abarama didn't just come out of nowhere and say, I want this. It was Tommy brought him in. Because they made their appearance by um, stabbing and, and, you know, killing two men that were... You know, lining up their sights on all of the, the, sh- right. the Shelbys right. for John's funeral.
0: Let me um make a point here from a production mm-hmm. standpoint. I oftentimes think about like, you know, if I'm writing a script for a show to film or thinking about like putting myself in the position of a director or producer. You're mm-hmm. also thinking about bottom line if you're a production company and how much mm-hmm. it costs to make a, a, c- sure. a scene. What is the backdrop? All this kind of stuff. A lot of these scenes, you can tell the scenes that are super expensive to make and the scenes that Mm -hmm. are super simple to make in terms of like what they're capable of. Obviously, these are top-notch professionals. But there's a couple of scenes in this episode. Anything to me, personally, like look at this scene. It's simply in a field backdrop with some props back there. They're obviously, I'm telling you for an average person, they would probably think that this would cost nothing. I'm sure this costs like... You know, nothing less than a you know a couple hundred thousand dollars to put like just this shoot like shoot day together. But from the perspective of a big budget show, these are the type of scenes that allow you to do a lot with a little. And you see that in the scene with Tommy and um, Oswald later when they're shooting pheasants in a field. There's nothing there but two guns, and they're shooting some birds that are flying away. You also see it with Tommy in the scarecrow scene. It's like you're getting a lot of bang for your buck in just like an empty. Just very cinematic-looking setting, you know, in yeah. nature. So, I think that's a note to anybody who wants to get into production, like, or works in production, thinking about mixing in some scenes where you have, you can do a lot of dialogue, and progress a story forward, but without having to have these giant set pieces, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Anyways, Aberama completely breaks his word with Polly and decides to go after.
1: Like, and ever, like even the first time I watched this, you know. The moment Polly starts rolling up in in this car to drop Abrama off, I'm like, he's not gonna do of course like not what they said. Are you kidding? his sister's a g though i <laughs> do I don't even know if we we ever see her again. no that's but, it <laughs> yeah it was just, it's just but for, for like but two for seconds. those two seconds she's a g yeah. right?
0: all right so this following the following scene after Abrama goes on his revenge tour mm-hmm. uh the boys arrive to Ada's flat in london and they mm-hmm. see younger there who's kind of kind of trying to play downplay the fact that he's sleeping with all their sister type of thing he's like <laughs> yeah. yeah i was expecting anna to be here and arthur's like yeah. oh yeah where well, you you notice uh, yeah, now I, Tommy picks up the you chest you know piece. i've
1: seen it i and i remember seeing it so many times but i never like put
0: that bit together well i what makes me what makes it peculiar to me is the way he looks down at the chess piece mm-hmm. he looks at it as if he knows that carl's giving him a hard time or something Hmm. you know there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like kind of like subtext. Maybe Tommy's heard about it. And Tommy is very much the father figure for the whole damn family. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which Maybe Michael's not We still having. have.
1: No, <laughs> not at all. I was going to say Tommy's still giving him a hard time. Here go by Carlson on my stream. He, uh, the man doesn't trust you.
0: Yeah. Well, Younger, he well, does cool, have this relationship Tom. with uh, Younger as an informant against the communists. It's true. And um, unfortunately, Younger, well, not unfortunately, Younger just wants a one-on-one dialogue here. But we kind of see where Tommy's at where Younger kicks out Michael or wants mm-hmm. Michael out. He also wants Arthur out, but we see where Tommy's loyalties are and who he actually trusts, which mm-hmm. he only really trusts Arthur at this point in his life, probably. Can you blame him? No, nope. <laughs> But it's kind of hard to when he literally just did like a line of blow off the table. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean Tommy I don't think has they look at his pocket anything. all the time so. that's true he's drinking opium on the rig. yeah yeah i, mean, so. I wouldn't I wouldn't give
1: a crap at all yeah doing. you know
0: see glass houses man, glass houses exactly uh, <laughs> anyways, has there ever been a more efficient cocaine user than arthur shelby? never, never <laughs> has
1: there ever been I've never met somebody or seen somebody that makes me want to try cocaine
0: really Arthur, yeah, makes yeah. you want to try coke
1: yeah, why not? I mean, it's just like <laughs> dang.
0: It's the most (laughs) ignorant statement I've ever heard. Level two. Oh god. Um. All right. In this scene, you have Tommy, who is essentially. I found this particular scene with younger interesting because you have Tommy kind of in a position of indecision, where he Mm -hmm. wants to move forward, but he also wants guarantees from the government that he's going to be protected. I Uh, mean, I would I would want to in his position as well. Right? How often you're putting life and limb on on the line? Yeah. Well, how often do we see Tommy asking somebody for orders? He literally asks Younger for orders in this scene, yeah. and um,
1: I think it also has less to do with self-preservation his his asking orders and more with the safety of Younger because it's also Younger on the line. Younger's like,
0: clearly bananas. rattled by this, yeah, right, yeah, uh, and Tommy's alluding that his superior officer is also complicit in this. I think. Right now, mm-hmm. I want to make another comment here. Tommy allows a lot of like family strife to play out in front of Younger.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He also knows that Younger is the father to the unborn child inside of Ada right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he considers Younger part of the family at this point. Okay, uh, he's letting the whole situation with Michael play out in front of Younger's eyes. In yeah. terms of he calls Michael out as being somebody he cannot trust. He says, "Is that what you want, Michael? My crown?" Literally calls mm-hmm. him out. Well, uh, he offers two solutions for Younger in regards to how he can deal with Mosley. He says he's looking for an order for some guidance to help him in his decision, but he could also fight Mosley uh, pretty much force to force or join Mm -hmm. his organization and dismantle it from the inside on behalf of the king. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you get this feeling that these three men in the room are actual soldiers, which makes, makes it even better that Michael had to leave because these three guys served... And they, yeah, Michael's not a soldier. Yeah, and they see something insidious about, about Mosley, of what he represents. To the point where it's funny, in the scene with Mosley, Tommy, and Michael, um, and Arthur, mm-hmm. Arthur's completely rattled by it, naturally, because he's a hothead. Well, Michael's yeah. not rattled at all when Mosley goes after him with, uh, about losing the money. Where it's like he's almost not that concerned. Like, he's involved in the family. But he's not, like, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. much skin in the game. But, or maybe he's just mature and knows that the guy's just trying to get in his head. Yeah,
1: I I feel like it's probably the latter. Yeah. Because Arthur's always been a bit of a hothead, right? Like, it's, it's just his personality. It's just his character. He jumps the conclusions and, you know, he gets really upset.
0: <laughs>
1: the coke probably doesn't help with
0: that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I love this next scene, man. Tommy. It's great. Tommy gets home and he finds Johnny Dogs screwing one of his maids.
2: Uh, Sandra.
0: Really terrible way to hide behind the desk with half your ass <laughs> out. Yeah. You know oh what I mean? God. Like if you are gonna, but it's, it's it's like it's it's also
1: good because if you see someone's ass just hanging out, you are not going to try to fucking shoot them.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> hilarious. Oh, honestly, he had enough time to pull up his pants and kind of just like. But I think it's almost better to be caught with your pants down if you're in Tommy Shelby's office. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's more understandable, I guess, than being in there with your pants up. He was just kind of having a power moment, probably bragging. (laughs) Probably (laughs) bragging about how much, how close him and Tommy are. And that's how Sandra Mm kind of just gave it up there. But uh, he also warned Sandra that everything Johnny says is lies. Which, can I read a little bit more into this line than I think here? Is Johnny actually a traitor? Remember that when Aberama shows up to the house last episode, mm-hmm. and he says, "Johnny, you of all people on this earth, I know I can trust." Is it bullshit? Is it bullshit? Is is Johnny Dogs actually a traitor here, and Tommy is uh, essentially lying about this?
1: I think we're reading into it too much. I really just think Johnny is a little little
0: player. He's I, just trying
1: to get some, and I, like it's just his personality. I like, love. He's I love out.
0: Johnny Dogs, Ben. I love Johnny Dogs, and I love him in this scene. He perhaps doesn't have a single better scene than this scene, where he goes, "Tommy, I'm, <laughs> I'm hurt here." Yeah, it didn't look too hurt a minute ago. Well, I was also kind of like, it was a little bit sus that he waits till Tommy gets home to tell him that Polly broke Aberama out. It's nighttime, dude. Like it's literally nighttime. It's not daytime. So when did he find out? you know what i mean yeah
1: i mean he he could you could we could assume that he's kind of like on like house arrest right like he's there trying to get better because Haberama did (laughs) did beat the shit out of him with a hammer right so he's just he had to have some fun while he was locked up
0: yeah yeah well i I understand that but still (laughs) a little bit of urgency to tell tom maybe he didn't tell tom because he knew that he was going to be the one sent to scotland yeah, to go after the him. So he wanted a little family, bit of fun yeah. time with Sandra beforehand.
1: I mean, I can't blame him.
0: Can I rank on Anya Taylor Joy's New York accent? Yeah, it's terrible. It's pretty bad, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's so atrocious. Like, I think it's almost
1: I, like to the it's point like the only voice I've ever heard that makes me not want to go to New York.
0: My baby will be born in New York. Like, because w- <laughs> the thing is, like, she floats in and out of the American like accent. Mm. Is she even American? I don't know i don't know she's much better in queen's gambit but
1: i can't she was born
0: in miami i'm not talking any shit about her she was born in miami that doesn't mean anything of course it does she's a local man she's a local (laughs) yeah no 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 i love her accent as a new yorker i love yeah oh my gosh yeah absolutely she's from miami why don't we actually cling on to these like success stories from Miami a little bit more? We don't know until, until we know. Hold on, but it says she's from her citizenship is the United Kingdom. Let's not spend too much time here. She brings <laughs> Polly to her <laughs> Mario's home. Maria is getting disappointed. Yeah, but she's born in Miami, anyways. Uh, this whole little scene that Anya, Anya, jeez, uh, Gina has with Polly. It's pretty much just like a posturing to invite her on Michael's behalf to mm-hmm. go with them to America because she wants her baby to be born in America. Freedom. Does she have a relation to the Kennedys?
1: I don't think so.
0: you mean like in the show or? Mm, yeah, no, not in the real life.
1: I don't think so. I don't know why she would.
0: No? Okay, whatever. Um. Yeah, no, forget it. Didn't we have a trivia fun fact? Let's listen to her accent here. So We're going to actually play the audio here. I do like that line, though. I do like that Mm -mm. line. It's pure Americana. Yeah, of course.
1: I mean, I'm sure it's accurate. Honestly, the voice...
0: Damn it, Zach! You spoke right oh, over. Sorry, it.
1: sorry. I'll I'll stop speaking.
0: Yeah, it sounds a little better now, like on second watch. Maybe it's because I, I found out she was born in Miami,
1: and I'm sure that's affected your judgment. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say like it's probably very accurate. I just hate the way it sounds. Why? I just can't. It's it's not even her. It's just it's
0: that accent. You don't like the New York accent? Not that. You're one. gonna alienate <laughs> a lot of people. You know it's what? Old I think though. I think we should embrace it. If you're gonna alienate this amount of people, we'll just have like a wall with your face on it and your takes. Like I, <laughs> like your hot takes. Like you hate New Yorkers and you hate. Hey, I did not say I hate New Yorkers. But you know so me. I, I, esc- I escalate accent. shit. So like I'm gonna yeah, take always- it to. <laughs> I'm just gonna be it's, like, oh it's wow it's the hair color. Like, you hate everybody that's around here. It's just these Zach's <laughs> dislikes. He hates Grace. He hates <laughs> Ada. He he <laughs> She Ada's much better
1: in this season. She was not great in season one. I mean her character was decent, but I I didn't like her. And every, I d I don't know. All right.
0: Grace Grace is another story. Well we've already talked about that anyways. Gina wants her baby born in New York so let's move on to the next scene that's established by now tommy is in a very eerily similar scene that he had with grace in season one and so much so that he sees the ghost of her in this scene when he meets up with communist jesse eden jesse eden who is um don't know how i feel about this but they do have some pent-up sexual chemistry the two of them don't you think it's it's definitely there right they
1: didn't ever do anything though did they no but
0: she has it's she's the only other woman that tommy has my bad i keep on kind of jumping on you but uh the only woman so far in the show besides grace that he has had any sort of like equality with
1: yeah i was going to say like it's the only woman in the show that's been in a position of power right like with him like there's just been this uh what, what, uh, what was she in season four, I think it was? You know, she was coming in when, when he had his legitimate business with all of the uh, the strikes going on, right? She was organizing something or in well, charge of something. I can't remember.
0: Well, Tommy obviously trusts Jesse because he tells her all about his plans, right? He says that the whole conversion to socialism thing is he's playing in mm-hmm. converting to fascism. Is, yeah. He's playing at it. Um I think he really likes to play up the wounded soldier thing with with the women that he loves, right? Because he kind of doesn't. I think. He, <laughs> well, he. I think he actually likes Jesse Eden, to be honest. Uh, which think about it, what is the whole point? I still don't know what the point of this scene was, other than I this moment where the happier where side. To, yeah,
1: I mean, I, I feel like the point of this moment is Tommy trying to build. Like an army, if you will, right? Like he's, he's trying to reach out to people that he knows. You got a will point. Help him. Solid point, Zach. Thanks. I, you know, it happens every once in a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, the whole damn episode is called Strategy. So everybody he meets with in this episode, let's think about it. Let's actually backtrack and think about it. Mm-hmm. He meets with his family. He meets with his family. He meets with um, Oswald. Yeah. He meets with. Uh, what else does he meet with? Younger. He meets with um, this Oswald, younger. I mean, with, with, Johnny there's Johnny Dogs. All right, there's Johnny Dogs. There. And with yeah. Jesse Eden. Also, Tommy bounces around a lot. He went to his house mm-hmm. and then went back to Birmingham to the garrison. Isn't that a bit of a drive? I don't know. I mean, this could just be outside of the city. Well, he was in London at the start of the day. Then he went, well, he actually went to the orphanage. Then to to London to the off to the meeting with Oswald. Then he went back home. Saw Johnny Dogs. Then went back to the garrison. And now in the following scene, he's back home with Lizzie. And by the way, we did not mention this in the Johnny Dog scene. He does send Johnny Dogs and Arthur to Scotland to go retrieve mm-hmm. Aberama Gold from his well, revenge tour.
1: That does technically happen. Did that already happen or did that happen a little late? No, the, no, oh, no, whatever. No, no no. there's no, no, stuff that goes on no, anyways he's just send, uh, gives
0: them the order that's it
1: just just in in regards to bouncing back and forth and going from London to Birmingham and back and blah 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 that's today a two hour and fifteen minute drive via the m one and the m six
0: so back then is what
1: I mean back then in a car that probably topped out at twenty five miles an hour forty miles an hour I don't know what they were
0: it had to have been more fa- faster than that, man.
1: Oh, yeah, I think the Model T was twenty twenty-five miles an hour or something like that. And, and what cars do they drive?
0: A oh, Bentley. They drive a Bentley. Arthur mentions it at the end of the episode, and you also yeah. see the Bentley, the Bentley um, little figurine at the start of the episode that's heading towards the orphanage. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the makeup sex scene here with Lizzie. Uh, they break down their conditions for each other. Lizzie is completely. Given herself to the life with Tommy, which gives me makes me plant my flag on uh, that sounds wrong. Yeah, I was um, you about to
1: say, I don't know where you're
0: yeah, going with that. On Team man. Lizzie it makes me <laughs> plant my flag on the field. I'm of gonna Team plant Lizzie, my flag on Lizzie, but, um, <laughs> no,
3: you
1: know,
0: no, no, no. Um, a lot of other men have too, according to Lizzie. She yeah, said she... seven she, men a day, about so yeah, yeah, no, she's right yeah, where you want saddle, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, but anyways i'm team lizzie here because she's clearly the type of woman that tommy needs here at least in Mm -hmm. this moment she's uh she gives him some very favorable conditions not gonna lie you know she says uh (laughs) he can pretty much have affairs but just not on one either one day of holding their child's hand right yeah so like i i noted down like that those are some weird like rules
1: to put in place right like you can sleep with other people just give it a day before you touch our kids right like
0: no i understand that okay get it you know what i mean it's kind of icky like one day in between you know what i mean i mean i would just say don't ever what do you think about those conditions zach
1: what do you mean what do i think about them i'm not tommy (laughs) (laughs)
2: all
1: right uh real quick i was looking up um i'm sorry well jimmy was looking up he sent it over to me oh cool um yeah some of the top speeds of like the bentley's in 1930 they had racing like mm-hmm, bentley's mm-hmm, in 1930 The top speed i think was like 125 so okay all right so they're like, zooming they zooming been getting there pretty quick you know no traffic on the roads back then i don't think there's a lot of cops about to stop you either yeah when you're you know the leader of a gang and you're in the house of commons or something
0: like that and right? in a car that's probably three times faster than what they're driving oh yeah that's for sure um, well, Tommy and Lizzie make up. Lizzie essentially says, I'm yours, just, like, I need to be in your head every once in a while, and, um, also don't, like, have sex with another woman, like, a day after touching one of our kids, or, like, holding mm-hmm. one of their hands or whatever, so. um yeah. Also not in the house. And, um, Tommy says that you're my property. Pretty romantic. <laughs> That's a great way to end. Pretty romantic. A conversation. Right? Yeah, yeah. Women all over the world rejoiced at those conditions. Of course. Um... Next scene. Arthur is not having as good of a time as Tommy is, uh, with Lizzie. He's actually looking for his wife. And uh he refuses to go to Scotland until Tommy hmm. gives him the uh the tip on where Linda is Which I can't staying. blame him.
1: Of course and, not. You know, they of course they, not. they just they said they just mentioned something here that I totally forgot about and it was like the Spanish flu. I'm surprised we didn't get more story or, you know, Spanish flu stuff. Just yeah, like in in season one, like well, didn't it take place right at like it was right nineteen eighteen? And just just
0: thinking about where we are right now with well, COVID whatever, didn't exist you want back to think in about with COVID, in right? season like, one was, of Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like it didn't exist yet, so it wasn't a storyline to spend time on. What do you mean? COVID was not around when peaky no, blinders know. season 1 came I, out which I know is the COVID which wasn't around. i know but that was the only time frame in the show that the spanish flu would have played a factor the spanish flu was only around for like a year and a half supposedly yeah, or something I like know. that i know but it was still a major world event like it 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 helped in
1: the world where war d- 1 where does it really fit though in season I'm 1 i'm just i'm i'm just saying i'm just surprised that there wasn't like some like there's so much backstory in here. There's so much with just it's you know flu. what was going on at the
0: time. But it's only five five episodes time. I mean, if you go to Spanish flu, you got to spend at least an episode on the Spanish flu. And what's going to happen? You're going to put someone not, in the hospital with Spanish flu. I'm
1: not. I'm not talking about having an episode on the Spanish flu. I'm just talking about like there being some cultural differences in what you would expect to be there at the time because of maybe culture is the wrong term. But um, I mean, I don't know. People walking around with a mask. More people dying. I don't know. Something. I don't know. Uh, I
0: think just right now we're a little bit, you know, covid covid obsessed. So we want some Spanish flu content. And then uh, I think if you want Spanish flu content, you should go and watch Downton Abbey. There's a great scene about the Spanish flu in there. Uh, you know, I started watching it. I just, I it's it's not for me. All right. Uh, fair enough. Well, you know what is for you? This next scene with Arthur it really and the is. friends. Honestly, I've never felt more bad for somebody in the show than this guy. He's clearly not doing anything with Linda, but Arthur is just completely wrecking him. I mean, it's just, that's not the guy you want. He's so mentally unstable. It's uh, a great shot, though. It is. Can we respect that shot right there?
1: We can. You know, I I also wrote down that I've never seen somebody (laughs) just lie there and take it like he didn't
0: put his arms up he's a quaker arthur
1: just starts banging his head against the wall beating the crap out
0: of his head Well, he's a quaker man have you ever if you ever read up on the quakers they like endured some serious uh violence and it's just pretty much the philosophy of being a pacifist like you will literally choose to die before fighting back type of thing but uh, arthur really gives it to him i'm surprised he didn't kill him to be honest with you i think we thought he oh we're actually giving away this from another episode but the guy does not die spoiler well i mean we find we 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 learn
1: of that in this episode anyways do we i think so because um um,
0: i know linda says it later
1: and you know maybe it wasn't whatever he doesn't die we thought he died there's two
0: guys in this episode Um, who we thought died and they don't die (laughs) the next guy is in the follow in the next scene but uh yeah but arthur does proceed to beat the living hell out of this guy in a montage that i didn't particularly care for but sorry go ahead this is i was just gonna say like this is this is what i was talking about with arthur i think this is like the darkest scene scene that we ever have with arthur for the entire show yeah because it's almost like the death of arthur here right it is he hates
1: himself and he physically What, everything that he's done, I mean, his hands belong to the devil is what he says. Well,
3: it's,
0: I think he's kind of like Lizzie. Is this a theme in the episode? He's Mm -hmm. accepted who he is completely. Mm -hmm. And what he is, he's a soldier and he does evil things. There is some good in him, Mm -hmm. but not enough to put up with that nonsense, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And little did this guy know that the woman he was talking to. And honestly... It's kind of Linda's fault in a way. Yeah, like it's, Lizzie
1: hundred percent Linda's fault because she knew exactly what would happen. There's no way she would not. It's
0: know. a it's a bit unfair to her though. But she did know what she was marrying when she married yeah, Arthur. She should have known. Definitely, she should have known. And
1: she's playing in, like she's
0: played into
1: this as well. Like in previous episodes and the last season, you now she's
0: she's kind of got her dark side on as well. What do you what do you think of this fo- the following scene? Arthur's gonna head to Scotland now. with Johnny dogs and Charlie gives him some sage advice here. Uh. I mean, specifically, the advice I'm referring to is he says, "Go get Linda back, Arthur. Mm-hmm. You're good as dead without her."
1: Yeah. I mean, you agree? He needs he needs to have some. It's just like Tommy needs to have somebody to level him out and not let them do everything that's just batshit crazy, right?
0: Yeah, I I think that Arthur. Arthur, without any limits, is dangerous. He needs at least somebody anchoring him. Mm -hmm. I don't know who that woman is in this show, but I hope in the following season that there is a better fit for him other than Mm -hmm. Linda, because at this point, it's not Linda, unless she has a similar turn of character like Lizzie has had.
1: Yeah, that is true. All right. I love Curly. I must say, like, it's, he's hilarious. and You gained some fans back there, Zach, with that too. Every, every season that he's been in,
0: you just got to love him. How many grenades, Arthur? I like how Arthur just put them <laughs> on my account. Like, this is like taking Three. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take them out of my account. Like, that's something that you just put on your account, grenades. Yeah. Um you want to break down this Tar and Feather scene with Aberama who has hijacked an entire yeah. road building crew or something and yeah, he's I ambushing the Billy Boys. They're paving and fixing the road is what I think
1: they're doing and you know they they're basically baiting the Billy Boys. You know they they've crossed into Tolcross County.
0: Oh my which gosh. Is in I was waiting for you to break down the accent because has there been a more punchable guy than this guy right here? Uh, Jimmy McCavern. that's about it. I think this guy's more punchable cuz he really drags every Scotland sounding <laughs> w- word. Got ta Let's hear it. Let's yeah. let's listen to his um <laughs> let's listen to his accent a little bit. It's so
2: <laughs> over <laughs> the top. Catholics.
0: But he does a great job. It is really really good. Border. Oh, I bet I have it on fast forward.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was still drawn out on like 1.25 speed.
0: The way he says burner is what kills me.
1: Yeah, he like rolls the R. Yeah, it is. It, it is a bit more punchable than Jimmy McCann. Yeah, he is, man. He the, is. The, uh, although Jimmy, he, he's pretty punchable too. But, anyways, we have uh, Abarama all the way at the back near the truck. I
0: have the keys to the
2: truck. Can I can't.
1: Ha- I can't handle Abarama's voice. 4 man's Abarama, right there. I know. I've got your keys on right here. Yeah. Ooh, it's me it's. Shelby. I'm surprised that, you know, this the whatever his name is, the Billy Boys leader, man didn't expect chaos what was about to happen like it, his facial expression looks like he was about to expect it
0: well they're in their but territory then he just starts walking up they're in their territory they're not used to having people combat them back and well, Aber-
1: i know but the way that the way that Amberamo was just like yeah
2: i have the keys
1: and you know you have to wire let me walk all the way up to yeah. this guy yeah. and then he's just kind of like yeah, they're in my pocket buddy yeah come and get him it's like okay Satisfying he, scene. Aburama beats the
0: hell out of this guy, and oh, uh, he does. I mean, he literally pours boiling tar down his throat.
3: Yeah.
1: Th- to, be, that, to be fair, he pours it all over his face and neck, and it does get in his mouth.
0: No, I think you're underestimating or didn't notice the amount of tar that entered oh, his mouth. It, it, there's a ton that enters his mouth, but I'm just saying. It's the second time you said that only a face. little bit entered check out the more, amount of tar just just watch look it at the
1: amount of tar that goes into his mouth when in this first shot but then look at the next cut back to him yeah there's none in his mouth and dude if someone put it tar out, in it your out, mouth it out, it it'd out. still be there
0: i mean it sticks in your mouth though so i mean i'm not gonna blame yeah, I know. continuity here
1: well that that's look what this. i'm ah, picking on the see, amount. Chest, a little bit in your mouth again more in your face now see all it's right in the neck like he's pouring it right on his neck
0: Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I was wrong.
1: Yeah. See, I I know my battles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, still, not a pleasant thing.
1: No, not uh, at all. I wouldn't want any on my in my mouth, but I sure as hell wouldn't want it on my neck either. Okay. Like, I'm surprised it didn't burn his neck off. Like, that's what surprised me the most.
0: This is a nice little screenshot here of these boys here pheasants won't know it hit him i kind of want to screenshot <laughs> that can you screenshot that Zach? <laughs> yeah just yeah the- i got it i got it hold on uh i got you i got you go for all right, it all right, all right. Let's
2: go,
3: there we go come on Come on.
0: got it okay cool well see what i mean with this scene it's very simple but very important there's this is just a cornfield it's like a brilliant setting this was definitely like hey guys we got to save some money on the budget on this one let's go to a <laughs> cornfield to this they could have been like an elaborate cigar room with like Extras and stuff like that, but nah, just put two class A actors in there, put them in a field, use some natural light. I don't even know if they're using any like artificial light here. Who I'm knows? I'm sure they're using
1: a bounce at the very least,
0: yeah, but but bad. not much. Like, it's just a simple, mm-hmm. simple scene. Uh, well, anyways, in this scene, Oswald's kind of breaking it down for Tommy, and I actually love this scene because Tommy has not in his strategy, it's a setup episode, at least it feels mm-hmm. like it to me. because. He continues to try to combat Oswald on certain things. Um, and in this particular scene, Oswald actually breaks down why he wants Tommy. He's he's essentially mm-hmm. starting the new fascist party of the of whatever it is, the British Union of Fascists. Yeah. And he wants and Tommy to work tough. with the with the working men in Birmingham. He wants him as one of the local leaders. And Tommy wants yeah. to set some parameters or conditions. And Oswald's like, No, no, this is not gonna mm-hmm. be that kind of relationship, my friend. And even yep. the trump yeah. card is that he pulls out the second cigar. Says, I told you to bring a cigar, but I got my own for you. This yeah. is the kind of relationship this is going to be.
1: This is also the first time, I believe, that Tommy's met with Oswald Mosley pre- alone. Yes,
0: without. Yeah. Which means that he had already made up his mind to join him yep. at this point. But in the following scene, we get the fact that he sets himself as a sanctioned informant. So he has also decided to... Fight him on behalf of the king. We know what the mm-hmm. strategy is: is to break him up from the inside. Yeah. This is your Anyways, boy. This is your boy right here. This is this the is, next is my boy, final scene Jimmy of the McCaffrey, show coming up.
1: Yeah, I was actually surprised at the quick turnaround on this. When I first watched this, I was like, I, I did not expect the, the re retaliation that fast. But we it's have, their turf.
0: Uh, it's he went it to is, his it turf. It's their turf.
1: But it was it was surprisingly quick. Yeah. Anyways, we got Jamie McCavern leading his group of bandits with all the people that got
0: their faces right beat up he's well. using the same people right and yep. he's kind of marching them like it's the march of shame that you guys failed of course right? they didn't fail they're they're all the way in the back right i <laughs> never noticed like, that until like just now
2: right yeah
0: abramo's kind of a heavy sleeper doesn't notice the pistol being taken out from underneath his head by arthur a little bit yeah a little heavy right but you know i'm so impressed with arthur in this scene he, like he is such a good soldier i take it back like i'm i continue my assertion that he is the most professional person who use ever used cocaine in the history of cinema yeah, i, I know, mean that's what i'm saying look at him he's completely stable he's got <laughs> he's a plan better, he's better on cocaine. he's better without linda that's why i'm like that's, that's why i question charlie's advice about your, your good as dead arthur no i think arthur's about it's like as good as stable as he can possibly yeah. be without <laughs> linda to be honest because he he accepts who he really you is you would think he's not around you would think him to be deranged because he's just come from beating the living snot out of a quaker <laughs> and no he's just completely good completely good jimmy mccavern comes to the camp that arthur's tipped off Mm -hmm. um to mccavern uh but by this time arthur's gone but he's left jimmy a nice little present in the form of a of a grenade
1: Uh, a really nice hand grenade you know good old days just like the war right yeah by
0: the Um, way look at the guy who trips the grenade it's almost as if he's waiting for Jimmy to give him an order to jump away I from know. the grenade. Like I
1: wrote in my notes, I'm like I never this, in my this. life have seen anybody wait so long to jump away hey, from a grenade. grenade. Three, and he looks back, "Hey, two, should I move, boss?" One. Like <laughs> it took four seconds for him to like run away from a grenade. Yeah. I would be out the door like the moment I thought something that looked like a grenade. I fell. think I would have I'm picked up the
0: grenade and tossed it into the field or that something. That too. Like, it, I mean, I don't want to test the quickest this out. way to get it away from I don't, you. Lord, please don't like test me in this situation. <laughs> but you know, how do you like this, this choice to I, like superimpose flames in Jimmy McCavern's I, eyes here?
1: kind of liked it because it looks really, like the devil here, man. It, he looks exactly like the devil and it kind of maybe it's kind of giving you some idea that he's working with uh oswald mosley, oh we right? know kind he's working with oswald that. mosley yeah yeah but i mean we, we've related oswald mosley to the devil and we you uh, know, yeah jimmy mccavern is so he he he's so excited about this war he thrives on the war well you he know he wants this battle to happen and here we get the flame in his eyes. Well, I think it was a great way to end Yeah,
0: it. we end the episode with with McCavern saying, if it's where you want, Tommy Shelby, it's where you shall have. Kind of mm-hmm. reminiscent of Campbell, right? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, pause here because we're going into next episode at the moment. Yeah, can't do that. But we'll show like a half-nude Tommy Shelby here to, yeah, to end not? the episode. Actually, let me stop the sharing here. Um... I think one of the things that I had noticed before, but I didn't really have made mention of this. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their particular antagonist in the series, and Arth- uh, Arthur has McCavern uh, as mm-hmm. his antagonist, right? Because it's kind of like the soldier for Mosley, um, while yeah. um, Mosley is Tommy's adversary, right? Is, yeah.
1: No, uh, that that's that's an interesting parallel. And, yeah,
0: and is Paul is Gina Pauly's adversary?
1: Is Gina Polly? Paulie- I don't know. Is I it, mean, her adversary when it comes to, to fighting for Michael, of course. Yeah, for Michael's
0: allegiance. It's the other woman in right? his life. Right. Um, Zach, you always take the um, little superlatives here. But uh, yeah. let's continue on here as we go, as we look to conclude this episode.
1: So, best scene. I have I have two, but I'm probably only going to mention one what's yours
0: let me think about it you go first today
1: so the first favorite scene it's really a combination of the two scenes it's Aberama gold's ambush and then the retaliation of Aberama gold's ambush mm. I, I i like seeing the billy boys like i i wish we see saw more of them honestly because there's such a good adversary for the peaky blinders like it's just the I like i I can only imagine the war that's gonna break out between the 2 mm-hmm right and and you know maybe maybe that's how like season six kind of ends, right, like we started the show by coming out of a big war and we ended up by going back into a,
0: a big war i don't I don't know could be uh mm-hmm. my favorite scenes in the episode were hmm, I maybe have three contenders here, Linda mm-hmm. and Lizzie meeting might be number one. For everything that they discuss, mm-hmm. Lizzie and Tommy's make-up scene, I enjoy it as well, and um, the conversation between younger Arthur and Tommy.
1: Yeah, that conversation was a good conversation. Um, the other, the other two that I like, I know I said I had two. I have I, technically I have three, but anyways, th- the other one that I did like, and this one was the opening scene the nuns situation just oh, kind yeah, of like yeah. get, getting getting the nice glimpse of like the good side of the shelby's right mm-hmm. um and the other one that i don't i don't even want to say i liked because it's not that i liked it or the content of the scene but it was it's it's not something that we've seen before and that was uh arthur's moment with beating up the quaker yeah and, and it, it it's not liking it just because it's well him beating up a quaker or anything like that it's simply just like it's a side of him that we haven't seen before so it was it was it was interesting and i'm wondering you know if and and how it's going to kind of play into his character as it progresses through this season i think, and, I think and,
0: and yeah the next. i think that one might take the cake in some ways i like the lizzie scenes because it shows me like a it's a turning point for lizzie's character there's no longer this mm-hmm. question of is she on tommy's side we know now she is completely 100 percent loyal to tommy so it's yeah. one of those things where she's made up her mind. Linda's still deciding. Arthur mm-hmm. has decided his hands you know, he's a good man, he's got he's a God fearing man, but his hands are the devil's. You know, yeah. so he's also decided on who he is. Right? Um yeah. yep. Tommy's still deciding. This episode's a lot about deciding, right? Mm-hmm. From from what Lizzie says, which is why I like the Linda Lizzie scene. Everyone's deciding their fate. Michael's mm-hmm. perhaps deciding who his allegiance is to. Is it to Michael or is it to the family? Yeah. You know, you got a whole bunch of things like that. So um, overall, solid setup episode. Gears us up for four and five, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Episode four and five.
1: Yeah. Uh, Last one I have right now is most memorable characters.
0: I think Arthur takes the cake and Lizzie in this episode. Perhaps Oswald, too, as as a... So... Most what about Be, the Scottish guy? Because
1: Because I already had Arthur's scene in one of my best scenes. I'm not going to pick Arthur for the m- most memorable character, but it's probably between Oswald Mosley and Jimmy McCavern.
0: I'm me. I'm not going to give it to Oswald in this episode because he doesn't do anything that is more memorable than he's done in other episodes. Mm. I will give, like, ancillary character, that Scottish guy who gets the tar in his mouth. Like, I'll remember mm-hmm. him forever. McCavern um, is very memorable in this episode. Very. Um, and Arthur is very memorable in this episode.
1: Yep. Aberrama has moments, too. He does. He does. He does I didn't
0: make but... mention of something that is said in this, in this episode where he says that... Um, Jimmy McCavern crucified his son and drove in the nails. And he says, when I kill McCavern, I'll, cru- I'll crucify him, and I'll, it'll be me who drives in the nails. Now, mm-hmm. later in the season, there's a conversation between Charlie and Tommy. And um, they have a conversation about why Tommy's not at peace. And he mm-hmm. makes mention about this uh, conspiracy that the gypsies were the ones who drove in the nails into Jesus' hands and feet mm. on the cross. And so I met, I thought that was an interesting line. It Shows how well-written the show is. That they make mention of it here. Interesting. Um, or at least um, Abarama makes mention of it.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: You should tell Michaela to join in on the on the commentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've brought it up. She doesn't want to join in on the commentary.
0: <laughs> Ask your favorite favorite characters. Episode three. <laughs> to her, I like Linda the most as my as the character. Ah, uh, you do not. I do just to <laughs> say Linda's my favorite. Mario says Linda is his favorite character.
1: She just rolled her eyes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh any other uh categories here we can go over or
1: No, those are the those are the two that have been making it through every episode, so okay. we can We can think about adding more to the list, but I think it's a good start. This one just doesn't have the kinds of goofs that Lupin had, so there's no need to go over that. There's almost no goofs in this show.
0: Well, we do have um, the next episode, we should get more into the partnership between Oswald and Tommy, considering that Tommy's now agreed to Mm -hmm. join in with Oswald, but um, on to the
1: next one. I was going to say, maybe even give a, a quick recap in the next episode of communism versus fascists. I'll Just you, for those I'll who let you break know. that down. Okay. It'll be really... It's going to be textbook.
0: Give us like a breakdown. Give us a breakdown like communism, fascism, and socialism. And then you give us the differences between all three.
1: Okay. That sounds like a homework assignment from like high school. But all right. Yeah. Um, Anyways.
0: Yeah. But let me say one last thing here. Mm-hmm. We'll finish season five within the next week. Mm-hmm. And we'll also be moving into a couple of bonus episodes. If not two, then one bonus episode leading into season six yep all right ladies and gents so spread the word please like and f- subscribe and follow and uh, zach's gonna tell you how to do so
1: for sure so you can find this podcast basically anywhere you find podcasts it is uh peaky blinders by story archives you can find us on apple podcast spotify podcast google podcast um you can visit a website at uh, story archives the midnight exchange uh, you can find us on Instagram at story archives uh, and then our website points us back to the podcast network to midnight You can go there. There's some links to social accounts, social media there. You can find uh, midnight exchange podcast as well. Same places you find this one. And uh, if you, I don't know, want to be a guest on the show or you have any show suggestions, you can send us an email at podcast at the midnight Cool.
0: Thank you all for tuning in. Zach, what are you doing the rest of the night?
1: I'm going to make a drink and go to sleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to go, sh- go shower and uh, go play some Cyberpunk. They just released a 1.5 update. So I now know, the really. game is playable. Did you ever buy that game?
1: Yeah, I played through the whole game in like a, a week.
0: Oh, shit. Really? Okay, well, they yeah. actually updated it now for next-gen consoles. It, uh, interesting.
1: Easy. Yeah. Do you think it's worth? Let me know if it's worth. I worth didn't. I never
0: beat it. I stopped playing it like very oh. early on because I was oh, like, "Oh, really?" This I not... played through the entire storyline. Ah, uh, no, I did not. Yeah, I, not. Uh, well, let I let me think know it's if worth a it. replay, anyways. All right. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Can't wait till the next one, which will be in another uh, day or two. So, see you then.